It was unbelievable what he was going to face. But what is he doing? He's fellowshipping, he's ministering, he's loving on his disciples. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome to In Grace. We are so thankful that you're listening today here as we start another week at the end of January. Hey, listen, uh, we are excited because we are continuing in our series, The Story of Jesus. And today we're going to talk about his final meal. It's often called the Last Supper. Uh, Some people say it's the Passover meal. I have a difference of opinion on that. I believe it was a a pre-Passover meal. But we're going to talk about what that was and what it was all about and, and how how he was pouring out his love to his disciples there at at the final moments. Uh, Anytime that you are at a meal with someone, it's very intimate. It's very uh, familiar. You're you're friends probably. And it's a wonderful experience. Almost all the time that you're sitting down with someone, uh, it's, it's, it's special at a meal. And so it would have been extremely special as Jesus knew this was his final meal before the crucifixion. And he would be on a cross just uh, less than 24 hours from that point. So we're going to cover this and more today here on In Grace. And we're thankful that you're part of our listening audience today, either on the podcast or on our radio program. Uh, We are excited because we've been able to do some In Grace events uh, in different areas. So this Saturday, for those of you living in my hometown, Chicago, we're going to be in Downers Grove at the Belmont Bible Church, and we'd love for you to come. There's free tickets on our website, ingraceradio.com. And if you live in another city and you want In Grace to come to you for an event, uh, let us know, and we would love to set up something in your area as well. We are also excited because In Grace has some really neat travel opportunities. Uh, We are going to Alaska in July of 2023, uh, and this is a cruise that we do, and it's a, we call it a creation cruise. We have a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, and his wife, Robin. We have Majesty Music, Charlie Hamilton, and uh, those that serve the Lord with her, and then my wife, Karen, and I and others will be there to host this cruise in Alaska. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, and it's calm waters and smooth sailing. So if you've ever thought it would be fun to go see Alaska, uh, the cruise is the way to go. And let me encourage you to check that out on our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel, or you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, and our folks will uh, send you a free brochure. We also have Israel trips, and we'll be going this February, uh, which is just in a month from now. I think that's full, but you can still contact us if you want to try to get on the trip this year. But we also have a February 2024 trip planned, and you can go to the website and find out more information there. And I think it's so awesome to be able to go to these places that I've been preaching about, that you've been reading about all your life, and to see Israel is incredible. We have been in a series, and we will continue it. We're getting near the end. We can start to see the end of the series, and it's the story of Jesus. And when we say story, we're not talking about a made-up story. We're talking about a real story, a true story. And it's the look at the four Gospels in chronological order, best we can, 
Some of the things in the Gospels aren't chronological. Generally, they are, but they're not always. And we're starting to understand the so-called discrepancies in the Gospels, which we've only come to a few, and we can easily understand uh, them based on the perspective, the viewpoint of the author and what God was wanting them to get across. And so we've come to the last meal, the last meal of Jesus. And I know that when I travel overseas, as I'm about to leave, Karen says, Jim, what do you want for your last meal? And I'm like, do you know something I don't know about where I'm going? So it kind of scares me a little bit when she asks me that, what do you want for your last meal? Well, I am coming back, you know, it's not my last meal. Uh, they asked the convicted cannibal uh, what he wanted for his last meal, and he asked for five guys and fries. <laughs> That's horrible. I can't believe I actually said that one. But I did. I did. So Jesus is in his last day on the earth. Of course, we know he would rise again. So it really wasn't his last day on the earth, but this last day before he went to the cross. This is his final day. We've been in his final week for a while. He's been confounding people. They've been trying to trick him. They've stopped asking him trick questions because he's always confounded them and thrown it back on them. So now, now they're just trying to kill him, but they can't do it because of the crowds. The Jerusalem is full of crowds coming for Passover. They're trying to figure out a way to do it. They can't stand them. They want to get rid of them. Can you imagine that? The creator that came to die for the creature, they're trying to kill him. And they will. They will find a way to do that. And Jesus came to fulfill the law perfectly. That's why he came. If he didn't, we can't, and then we have no hope for salvation. But he did, so we can have hope past the grave. And so Jesus was coming to be the Passover lamb. The timing of the death of Jesus Christ is impeccable. It was all about timing. It's not my father's time. It's not my father's time. Now it is time. This was appointed. This moment in time, this moment in history had been predicted, and now it's about to happen exactly as predicted. He needs to fulfill the law, so he needs to celebrate Passover. They're in Jerusalem. Remember, this is the God of all glory, but he doesn't have a house. He doesn't have a place to celebrate Passover. And so he sends out some of his disciples to go try to find a place to celebrate. We're going to read Luke's account of this in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, but it's also in Matthew 26, 17, and Mark 14, 12. Uh, very similar, I mean, identical things, but Luke illuminates it a little more, gives us a little more detail. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. What is the Passover? It is a ritual that started when they were leaving Egypt. The Passover was a lamb. They put the blood on the doorpost of the house and every house that had the blood of that innocent lamb on the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over. Pretty simple. And then sure enough, the angel of death hit a lot of homes of the Egyptians, not just uh, people, but also animals. And Pharaoh finally said, get rid of them because Pharaoh's son died. And they were able to get out of Egypt. It's because of Passover. Unleavened bread was part of Passover, right? Because they don't have time to let the bread rise. So go prepare us the Passover that we may eat. Verse four. And they said unto him, 
where wilt thou that we prepare? <laughs> Good question. You know, go prepare. Well, where are we going to do that? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. And that's curious. Jesus tells them to go look for a man with a pitcher. Now you say, wouldn't there be like a lot of men walking around with pitchers of water in such a busy city as Jerusalem? Not necessarily. Sorry, ladies, but the men didn't carry the water back then. You know who is left to carry the water, right? And why is that? Why do the men make the women carry the water? Because we're lazy. Let's just say it. And uh, now all you have to do is turn on a, a knob. There's a town in, in the Chicago area I saw on the news that they're having real water trouble. You turn on the knob and there's no water. And we don't know what to do, right? Well, they had to do a lot of work to go get water. Water was available, but they'd have to go get it and carry it. So finding a man with a pitcher, that was an unusual thing, unfortunately, in that time. Follow him into the house where he entereth in, and ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, Master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber? Where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. Can you imagine just walking up to someone and asking them that? Where is the the chamber, where is the place that we can gather with the master to eat the Passover? So obviously Jesus knew ahead of time who this person would be, that he would be a believer. Some people think, and this is, I don't have time to go into this. You can do this in your own personal study, that this house that they went into was the house of a young John Mark, the author of one of these gospels. And there's a whole reason they think that, and it's very interesting. I actually think they're right. But again, that's for another time and another day. So they go and do that. In verse 12, he shall show you a large upper room. Now, those of you that have been to Israel with us, uh, you've seen a place that is called the upper room. And it's an upper room. And it's a beautiful, a huge open room with columns and beautiful acoustics. We've had people sing in that. And it's just breathtaking. And uh, we always, the last day we're in Israel, we do the last day of Jesus. And this is, of course, one of the last things that he did. We do it in order. So we go to the upper room. Of course, the upper room there is on Mount Zion. It may be the general location of where it was. We don't know where it was because remember, Jerusalem was destroyed. So there wasn't anything left. This has been rebuilt since then. But tradition goes way back that that is the place of the upper room. And you can stand there and just imagine this upper room, all the things that happened there. And it was furnished. There, make ready. Verse 13, and they went and found as he had said unto them. Can you imagine if they had gone and they hadn't found a man with a pitcher? Well, he wouldn't be God, right? But every time he said to go do something, it was exactly as he said. And they made ready the Passover. And when the hour, verse 14 of Luke 22 was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Of course, Jesus' heart had to be heavy right now, right? He was going to the cross. And not even the pain of it, the human pain, the human suffering, but it's the spiritual agony he was about to face where all of your sins and all of my sins and all of the sins of the entire world were gonna be put upon a perfect and holy God. It was unbelievable what he was going to face. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out In Grace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. 
From the iconic Delicate Arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features PhD astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and PhD geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Now you say, what would they be eating in their Passover meal, their Paschal uh, Supper Of course, you would expect it to be a lamb, right? The Passover lamb, which uh, would have been part of this. And they would have had unleavened bread, of course. And we think they would have also had grape juice, unfermented wine. They would have had other foods, possibly. We don't know exactly what was at the meal because it doesn't say, other than the bread and the wine. Well, at that time, they might have had olives with hyssop would have been common and bitter herbs with Uh, like chunky dates and pistachio uh, nuts crushed in that in a paste. That would have been a very typical uh, food for a Passover or for really any meal that they would have during that time. Now, there is also thought that the Passover was the following day. It wasn't this day, it was the following day. The three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all suggest that this was the Passover meal. That means the Passover lamb was killed just before the meal, before sunset, the 14th day of Nisan. But John 18.28 gives us the idea that the Passover wasn't yet when Jesus was being tried. Look at that. They led Jesus from Caiaphas into the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, that they might eat the Passover. So that would suggest, and that's the next day. Remember, he's on trial the next day. So why would it say that they didn't want to be defiled so they can eat the Passover when the Passover was the day before? So that's where some people say, well, the Gospels are very unreliable. They are not. They're very reliable. So there's another answer here. I believe the answer is pretty simple. At this time, remember, this is, Many, many, many years after Exodus, things changed, traditions changed. They had gone into captivity. They'd come back. And even Passover today is a lot different. There's a lot of European influences in the Passover of today that Jews still celebrate. Well, I believe there's evidence in uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls and other places that there were dual traditions of Passover where some people would celebrate it on one day and some people would celebrate it on the next day. And I don't have time to get into all the detail of that, but here's what I'm thinking. Jesus was going to be fulfilling the law as it was intended, and then all of these scribes and religious people were gonna fulfill the law as they had interpreted it. So my guess is, The day Jesus died is the day that they had convicted him, they put him on a cross, was the same day that many of those religious people were killing the Passover lamb. So I think both of those days were observed as Passover. That's just my opinion of how this works. But we know for sure, 
We know for sure that Jesus is our Passover. How do we know that? 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says that. For even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Everything in the Bible is a picture of Jesus. All of the Old Testament is a picture of Jesus. Remember when he rose from the dead? He was walking on the road to Emmaus. Two disciples were walking with him. They didn't recognize him, but he was expounding on all of what Moses had said and the prophets had said and how he fulfilled all of that. And then suddenly their their eyes were opened that this is the resurrected Jesus. He fulfilled everything. He made it all complete. And he is the the Passover. What does that mean? That means if you apply spiritually the blood of Jesus to the door of your life, the angel of death will pass over you. Okay? John the Baptist said that he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so Jesus is the Lamb. He came and was slaughtered, an innocent, perfect Lamb, the Lamb they were supposed to check for any blemishes, any birth defects, any scars, and if they found it to be perfect, they would wait four days, they would kill it. And then apply the blood, sacrifice uh, at that time, in the temple, and then consume the lamb. So what day did Jesus die? Well, we say Good Friday, right? Jesus died that day. Why are we calling it Good Friday? I don't think it was Friday. Why? Well, why do we think it was Friday? Because they said that they put him in the grave because the Sabbath was coming, and then they waited, and then they went, and on Sunday morning, they were just assuming that sundown Friday is the Sabbath. Uh, They couldn't see it sundown on Saturday, so then Sunday morning's the first light. They went into the tomb. And so that's why Friday is thought of as the day he died. But I think if he had died on Friday, he wouldn't be in the grave three days and three nights as he predicted. You say, where did he say that? Matthew 12, 40. As Jonas, Jonah, was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now again, I'm not gonna make this a big deal. If you believe in Good Friday or, or whatever, you know, it's either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. My opinion, it was Thursday. Because Thursday would give you Thursday, he was put into the grave, uh, Friday uh, and Saturday, three days and then three nights as well. That makes sense to me that it was on Thursday. But again, not a big deal. You say, well, why couldn't they have gone the next day to the body if it was not Sabbath yet? It was Friday. Well, I believe it was a high holy day because of Passover. So they couldn't do it on Friday. They couldn't do it on Saturday. Sunday's the first opportunity they had to go properly anoint the body. So again, not a big deal, just what I think, and what does that matter? Uh, there's some latitude in this because it doesn't clearly tell us. We know he died. We know he rose again, right? Amen. So the important thing, he kept the law. You know, that's what it says in Matthew 5. It says in verse 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I am come not to destroy, but to what? Fulfill. For verily I say unto you, verily means of a truth, I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot nor one tittle in our vernacular, you would say, uh, not one dot of the I or cross of the T shall pass from the law till all be fulfilled. He fulfilled the law and the prophets, and they will all be fulfilled, even those that are uh, still future. So that is them coming to this room. Now they're sitting down, and what happens next will blow your mind. This is one of those things that I would struggle 
to do, although I know this is right, I know this is what God wants us to do, but in John 13, we're gonna read the account of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And all God's people said, ooh. We'll stop right there. We'll pick it up tomorrow. But it's hard for me to imagine what that must have been like for Jesus to humble himself to wash the disciples' feet, and especially when you think about the condition of the feet in those days. Either way, it's just it's a it's a profound act of humility, and you know, compared to all the great things he did, you know, calming the sea and uh, raising the dead, you know making the blind to see. You can't imagine uh, maybe a greater thing than this incredible person to be able to kneel down and uh, take off sandals and wash feet. Uh, to me, that's one of the greatest acts of Christ. And boy, that had better be our heart. We had better be servants like him. So again, more on that tomorrow as we read about the last days of Jesus and um, here in his final meal. Uh, right before we go, though, you've been hearing us talk about this brand new series coming out. It's called Arches, Amazing Arches. And um, I'm not sure of any other, for sure, ministry that's ever done a series on arches. Uh, and it's kind of funny how we came upon this. Uh, we were filming a really neat series called Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God, with PhD astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner. He's with Answers in Genesis and Every time we had a moment to just talk and sit down and relax with Danny, he kept saying, you've got to come to Red River Gorge in Kentucky and see these amazing arches. So we finally said, okay, uh, you know, we do a lot of filming outdoors and we love adventures. So we said, okay, let's go. Uh, let's go with Danny and uh, have this astronomer uh, show us uh, some more, you know, feet on the ground uh, type of things. And so we went and it was incredible. And then we decided, hey, let's take Danny out west and show him the arches of the west, which I had never seen, he had never seen, but that's, you know, the arches that are more well known. And so that's what this series is. It's two parts in Kentucky, and it really was beautiful. The Red River Gorge is gorgeous, this place that I'd never been to. My dad had gone years ago, and uh, he always said we should go there. We never got a chance. Uh, but then the arches out west. So really neat, beautiful scenery, talking about life and the Lord and, and all of this intermixed with the adventure. So I encourage you to get Amazing Arches. Uh, it's a four-part video series, either on DVD or digital download. You can get that when you make a gift of any amount to make sure In Grace continues to broadcast and uh, spread the gospel through streaming and missions, trips, and everything that we do, let me encourage you to make a gift. Uh, whatever that amount is, whatever the Lord is leading is wonderful. We appreciate that. We can uh, do much more together than we can do alone. And let me thank you by sending you this really neat video, Amazing Arches. I think you'll love it. And by the way, if your gift is $25 or more, we'll send you the video that we did with Dr. Danny Fox about his specialty, our awesome universe, Big Bang or Big God, as a second video thank you for your gift of 25 or more. So you'll get both of these great videos, and I think you'll really be blessed to learn more about how incredible our great God is. And one last thing, let me just encourage you to consider traveling with In Grace. We are going to Alaska on a creation cruise this July, and then we're also going to Israel. We have a trip scheduled at the end of February next month, and that one is likely full. I say likely because I'm not 
positive it's full right now. I think it is, but you might want to call and uh, find out if you can get on our February 2023 trip. But we do have another one in February of 2024 that you can actually hold a spot on. We have uh, hundreds of people that want to go on these trips with us, and we would love for you to be one of them and uh, get to know you more and spend time with you personally. So to find out more about that, you can go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel. And then once you're there, you can click on the cruise or the Israel trips. And then you could also, if you can't get to a computer or go to the website, you can also call us at 1-800-78-GRACE for more information about our travel opportunities or to make your donation and get amazing arches. We hope to hear from you today. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out InGrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.